Hello to all you unconventional conventionists. That's right, it's time for an RKOCon 4 update from your 2022 Rocky Horror Picture Show Convention Masters, the RKO Army. As always, it's coming to you direct from us, the crew over at the Rocky Talkie Podcast. And this week, we are insanely excited to be joined by a special guest whose name has probably been in your mouth all week, I know it's been in mine, as you've talked non-fucking-stop about his incredible video, Victorious, you know it, that's the one we've all been watching on repeat since New Year's Eve, please welcome Zephyr Goza to the podcast. Hey, Zephyr! Hey, guys. Hey. First <laughs> off, we'd like to thank you for joining us. We're really excited to have a chance to bring you on to chat, and we'd also like to congratulate you on your video launch. You and the whole Archeo team did a phenomenal job of putting the Victorious video together. Thank you. Uh, I'm really happy to be here and to get to talk with you guys about it, and um, you know, it was a ton of work to put together, and I'm, I'm happy that everybody gets to see it and, and that everyone's enjoying it. Oh, enjoying it we are. So we know everyone involved, especially you, worked super hard on the video and dedicated a fuck ton of time and effort into making it happen, and honestly, it couldn't have turned out more beautifully. Like, seriously, congrats, dude. You should be so fucking proud of yourself. Amazing work. You guys are going to make me blush. Good. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Everyone here at Rocky Talkie has been completely obsessed with Victoria since it dropped. I know I personally have watched it over 34,000 times in the week since New Year's. And you know how Rocky people get when we get obsessive about something. We just, we just got to know everything about it. So we are loving this opportunity to pick your brain and your nuts all about the making of this video. So, like, to start off broadly, much like my penis, we'd love to know what spurred the idea for, like, this video in particular. Thank you for asking. And don't just pick my brain. Feel free to pick my nose, too. There's a little something up in there. If you oh, cool. Get yeah, that, I can that, do that for you. That'd be, that'd be great. I'm always looking for video ideas. It's just kind of something that I sort of fell into uh, back when I did Party Hard. Uh, was the first video idea that I had. And everything else that I've done kind of went from there. Um, so I'm always kind of on the lookout for a way to make something new uh, that we can use. Con promo videos have kind of been my forte, uh, but I always try to make them in such a way that they can be reused as video pre-shows. So I always edit a second version of it that omits any references to con so that it doesn't have an expiration date on it and we can kind of continue to use it into the future. So it usually starts with auditioning songs and kind of playing with concepts and you know seeing how they mesh together. I knew for this one I wanted to do something different. We've done a lot of Andrew W.K. songs. I love doing Andrew W.K. songs. I'd love to do more Andrew W.K. songs. But I was kind of looking for something that I didn't think people would necessarily expect. And I kind of ended up over in the Panic at the Disco realm of things. Uh, played with a couple of different song ideas and um, ultimately ended up with Victorious. And I'm usually always looking to see, as I start to audition these different ideas and see how they work together, if there's any kind of like a, a story or a meta narrative that comes out of it, you know, something that's fun that we can play around with, because we've all seen this film a hundred thousand times. Is there maybe a, a new way that we could look at it? And for this one in particular, I really wanted to start looking at kind of the people behind it instead of just the characters and just the film and kind of give you that sense of, of, of community that you get from a con. 
Hell yeah. And I mean, that that definitely showed through in this, just all of the different kind of flavors and, and, and personalities and everything. Like we mentioned earlier, we know that you, as well as the entire casting crew of the video, put a ton of time and effort into the project. Could you give us a rundown of what the video's creation process looked like, you know, from start to finish? Maybe a brief timeline of how everything happened, you know, soup to nuts? Sure. So I, I came up with the idea for this uh, actually before I Want Your Face was released. Um, so before oh. that came out, I was kind of already working on it. After doing this a couple of times, I've kind of found a process for it. And it usually starts with a storyboard cut. So I kind of assemble different reference photographs or uh, sequences from a movie that I might be trying to emulate. Or in this case, there was a lot of dance video and kind of assembling that together to the song. Uh, to kind of show the cast and get an idea of what it's going to look like and what the beats are going to be and what's going to be really important. It's kind of like a very low-budget previs process. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so we usually do a meeting where we kind of will look at that and, um, you know, people will express if they're interested and, uh, you know, we kind of get an idea of what parts people want to do and, and who's going to be able to, to do what. And then it kind of moves on into some more specific rehearsal sequences. So again, in this case, there was a lot of, of dance rehearsals um, that we were doing for a while. There was also a challenge with this one of juggling locations. Um, I really, really wanted it to be done at the stadium because that's where we're going to be doing the show on Saturday night at the convention. So I really wanted to kind of be able to bring you in there. And as I was visualizing, I was using you know, kind of pictures from Google images of the stadium and that type of thing as part of those sequences. And I just kept envisioning those sequences in there. We went back and forth on a couple of locations. This was all happening, uh, of course, kind of over various periods of interspersing lockdowns, which made it even more complicated to try to juggle and coordinate. But that was kind of the last piece of it. And at sort of relatively late in the process, we ended up actually securing the stadium. We thought we were going to have to go somewhere else. And then we ended up with kind of what I'd envisioned from the beginning. So I was really happy to, to see that happen. And then after that, it's really all down to me hunched over in front of my computer at 3 a.m. for just weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Uh, just any time I have spare time, that's when I end up editing and mixing sound or doing visual effects work. And that took, I think, about uh, four or five months for this video. Ooh, <laughs> that is uh, right in the feels on that one. Uh, it shows. It absolutely shows. Four to five months. That's not a lot at all. <laughs> More like four to five minutes. If you're John and you have infinite control of time, space, and the universe, I, I guess it's not. But to us mere mortal beings, it is a significant investment. <laughs> right. And further having conversation about how I am the Alpha and Omega, like, let's talk about how the normies, such as yourself, have filmed this video. Like, we know that you've rented out a theater for a couple days. You got all your footage, which sounds awesome and incredible. Super fun, but also super stressful. Like, can you tell us about, like, that process and see what that was like? So I, I warned everyone going into it to expect that it was going to be miserable. And I'm told that everybody actually had a pretty good time, which is great, except for me. I was miserable most of the time. <laughs> we rented the theater, and so we had about eight hours to pull it off, which sounds like a lot of time. But if you're working with video, it's not a lot of time. So there was a pretty stringent schedule. We didn't necessarily get as many takes of everything as I would have liked. And I kind of had to budget out what I thought the day was going to look like and how long things were going to take. Um, so it was a lot of educated guesswork, but guesswork. Uh, and luckily, we ended up being 
almost right on time. I think we got there at noon or we started at noon and we were leaving at about 8, 8.15. So we did it pretty much right on the money. Were there any like major challenges during filming that kind of needed to be figured out? Or like when you were there, would you have considered it pretty smooth sailing? I think most of the challenges involved kind of lighting and, and trying to get things to look a certain way. Um, you know, when you only have so much room to maneuver around a bunch of seats, um, they're not necessarily logistical things that you would think about looking at the finished product. So we did run into a little bit of that. I think the thing that I was kind of most nervous for was filming that kind of time-lapse dance sequence because that kind of had to fall later in the day. So the way that we did it was almost in reverse order. The, the finale was the first thing that we filmed, which is basically because all of those various changes and transitions, we realized it was going to take a lot less time for people to change into themselves than it would be to put on a bunch of makeup and, and get ready for their character. So I was a little nervous about uh, you know, getting that done in particular, and we had to do a few takes of it. But luckily, uh, I think it worked out okay. Yeah, was there like a moment while you guys were filming this where you kind of went, oh, that was fun, or that was super frustrating, or oh, this, this might actually work, and this might actually all come together? I think, especially as we were starting to get later in the day, I was getting kind of increasingly nervous about making sure that we got everything in. But getting to see in camera the playback of both the time-lapse footage and the parts with me and 13 dancing. I felt really good about that shot. That was kind of like my number one. I uh, just, I want this shot to work. That was my money shot. And I'm very, very happy that that, that worked out. Lots of things that were frustrating, but most of that was in post. Uh, most of the frustration was in post. When you're trying to fly through a schedule, unfortunately, you don't have a lot of time to set up a shot as much as you would like to, to kind of avoid some of that post work. So you always end up doing, you know, a little bit of rotoscoping or which for non-video people is um, basically just like hell for post-production. <laughs> yeah, sitting there meticulously trying to get stuff masked off or out of the background or remove it. Oh, man. Frame by frame. Got to rotoscope that ass. <laughs> you do. You do. A lot of people, I actually did spend a lot of time rotoscoping ass specifically. <laughs> oh, um, no. what the, That was the worst part, wasn't it? It was. So a lot of people think, you know, if you do something and, and a lot of times when you do something with a, a green screen effect or some kind of, of color keying that it's just like, oh, you click a button and it's done. And it's not. There's a lot of additional steps, you know, kind of adjusting the levels and, and getting the key to look right. But then invariably, especially when you have a lot of movement like this, there's going to be parts of an actor that just go off of that green screen or that can't be. Um, you know, for whatever reason, we just can't get them in front of the green screen. It won't fit here or just something isn't going to work about it. So those are kind of where you end up literally it's frame by frame. You're hand tracing over every single one of those frames to kind of pick up the rest of that and, and get it to look right. So th that was a uh, uh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you would consider kind of being the thing that like took the longest out of everything? Absolutely. Absolutely. Rotoscoping is always one of the most painful parts of it. And there are tools that make it easier in Adobe After Effects. There's the Roto Brush. I definitely made heavy use of that or using the Mocha plugin to kind of track various parts of the image would make it a lot easier. But there's still a, a lot of manual rotoscoping, including rotoscoping of butts. Specific, I spent a lot of time rotoscoping butts on this. I, I can't even begin to tell you. Which again, is the, the, that's just the worst thing to do. 
to tell you the truth, that's the reason why I make these videos is so I'll get opportunities to kind of trace out my friend's butts. Yeah, I don't blame you. If I was this talented, I think that I would do the same exact thing. While we're on the topic of butts, I mean, we love a good blooper reel over here at Rocky Talkie. And going back to when you guys were filming, I'm sure that you must have a folder of just all the outtakes and all the funny things that happened. Is there any like specific ones that stick out? I absolutely do have a folder of all the raw footage. It's about 450 gigabytes of raw footage on this thing. That's not a lot at all. <laughs> Again, if you have control of all time, space, and data storage, like John, um, <laughs> it's not that much. But to us mortals that have to pay for terabytes of hard drive space, there are a few bloopers, uh, and, and most of them kind of call back to that dance sequence. There are a number of rehearsals of the dance sequences where somebody would be way out of sync, or we would drop somebody. Poor 13's back. I dropped her probably four or five times. Most of the bloopers are from the rehearsals. There are definitely a couple from the shoot, and I actually managed to rip my jacket during that sequence. And it is ripped in some of the shots, but luckily they're all kind of from the front, so you can't really tell. Oh, I didn't catch that at all. Yep. Nice. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I could point out that are technically wrong that I'm just going to try to not call attention to and hope you guys don't notice. Ooh, incentive to go back and watch it for the 337,000th time out there. Yeah, it's, what it sounds like to me is that me and Aaron are going to have to shadow cast it. <laughs> oh, now we're talking. Uh -huh, I'm I talking would pay about. money to see that. You also paid money to film this. <laughs> I did. It's true. <laughs> uh, I would like to audition as the rotoscope tool. I will just be a pen tool with a green background. I would like to audition for the role of the ass that Aaron puts the rotoscope tool on. <laughs> That's all it is. That's just the shadow cast of it. I'm, I'm down for it. So you know what I should talk about actually a little bit that just kind of occurred to me as I was like looking at a still of the video is the RKO Pictures logo at the beginning. I was told that Aaron pegged it right away for not being the actual RKO Pictures logo. <laughs> I did. I, yeah. uh, I have stared at those frames one by one. And uh, yeah. So did you have to recreate that? I did. I recreated the whole thing digitally because the first thing that I tried to do was take it and upscale it into 4K and even using like AI algorithms and all this stuff, it just doesn't look good because there's just not enough at the base level to actually upscale. And I realized right away I was, especially because I kind of wanted to do like a smooth camera move out of it, I was probably going to just have to recreate it. Yeah, so that's a full CG recreation of the original RKO Pictures logo. The tower and planet are 3D, and then there's like various cloud assets in there. I had to like hand trace all of the lightning bolts and the logo and all of that stuff. So it was kind of a pain in the neck, but I think the end result was a little bit smoother than it would have been trying to upscale it. That's super cool. That's one of those assets that you can kind of justify to yourself, right? Is like, oh, well, I'm sure I'll need the RKO tower and logo again sometime, right? So Yeah, like I'm not going to use that for every video that we ever make from now on. <laughs> so cool. This video was like super dance heavy. So what was the choreography and the rehearsal process like? Like, did you spend a lot of time not dropping Teev in your house beforehand? I did. I spent some time dropping her. I spent a lot of time not dropping her. I really have to give a shout out to Keisha and 13. Both really did the choreography on this. I kind of give them, this is roughly what I'm going for. So I'd go back to that storyboard cut and I would have different examples of choreography in there. 
and I would say, can you work off of this and kind of come up with something that is similar? And they are way better in that wheelhouse than I am. So 13 and I really kind of got together. And again, with 13's choreography, we kind of developed that sequence. We worked on kind of the end sequence, just took a lot of tries to get right. So they were really kind of the driving forces, Keisha and 13 were for for the dance on this. You know, once we got together one-on-one a couple of times and got things sort of where we wanted them, we would get together at Roy's house and use Roy's back deck. So there was a lot of dancing out there. And then kind of the last step was once everybody got their costumes in, all right, let's try it with costumes and see if we can do it without dropping each other. And, and luckily we did for at least enough takes to be in the video. Amazing. It's fantastic, you know, especially up there with RKO. You guys have so much talent that you can draw on, you know. Oh, I need a, I need a whole dancing choreographed. Well, we got people for that. We touched on briefly the editing process. I want to know, though, what was like the number one thing that you didn't know from the technical side before you went into this, like a skill that you had to develop specifically for this video, maybe something that you hadn't touched on before? Great question. This was my first time using a motion control rig. Ooh. So for anybody who's not familiar, a motion control rig is basically a machine that can repeat movements very, very precisely. So in layman's terms, basically, you just put your camera on it. And once you have it set up, you can repeat the same movement multiple times. So that's how we pulled off that time lapse sequence by running the same path twice, once at a third of the speed and capturing a frame every three frames and then another one at full speed and kind of compositing those two together. So it was a little bit of a learning curve basically to learn how to do that. This was also the first time, oh no, sorry, it's not the first time we've done full CG objects in a video, but it was the first time I think kind of compositing them into live footage in the way that we did. That must be insane. You got an eight hour shoot, you're using new technology, you've got a huge list of things to go on. And then you just hope it all comes together in editing, right? Yeah, there's kind of a wing and a prayer. And there was a lot of research beforehand and a lot of, I would do tests of different kinds of effects and make sure that something was going to kind of work the way that I wanted. And even for all the prep work, you know, there's one or two things that always kind of end up not making the cut in, in the final video. But for as much as I was hoping to do, I'm happy with what we got. I mean, you should be. It turned out great. And we know that an entire team of people worked really hard to bring this project to life. And of course, it wouldn't have turned out brilliantly as it did without every single one of them. But we'd love to know if anyone else, aside from the people that you've already name dropped, have contributed to this video in a big way and kind of how they helped you out. Of course. Yeah, this one was really a team effort in a lot of ways. Um, so as I mentioned, you know, a lot of choreography help from Teeb and Keisha, but Roy also contributed in a very big way in helping to facilitate this and, and get all this done. Harley did the uh, costume designs from initial sketches, and then we got kind of versions of, of what they ended up drawing. But probably the biggest workhorse aside from me on this shoot was Rowan, who has a little bit of a background in, in film and video as well. <laughs> Who's Rowan? I don't know. <laughs> just some I random... don't think I don't think Rowan knows. Correct answer. <laughs> just some random person that you just found on the side of the street and you were like, hey, do you want to help me film the most ambitious Rocky Horror project that has ever been handled in its 40 plus years of existence? And they were like, yeah. That's basically exactly how it went. The most ambitious Rocky Horror project so far. Mm, valid. But no, that's that's more or less exactly how it went. I mean, Rowan was a rock star on it. Uh, I literally, I went to them. I was like, I need you to learn flair bartending. And they went, okay. God damn it. And they were basically behind the scenes. Anytime I'm on camera, 
Rowan is behind the camera. That opening one shot that kind of goes all around the theater was a combination of us passing off the camera and then cutting it together in post. I don't think I would have been able to do it without Rowan. They were extremely helpful and, and deserve all the kudos in the world for helping out in the way that they did. Amazing. Amazing. So we've noticed, uh, and I think the entire community couldn't help but notice, that RKO has been very into releasing promo videos for the 2022 convention. Should we be keeping our eyes out for more? Or, or is, is this kind of the big promo one uh, up until the con next August? Well, you guys know I always like to play my cards fairly close to the chest on these. But at this point, since the con is less than a year away now, we're, we're really coming up on it pretty fast. Most of my attention gets kind of turned towards the con and producing things for the con and kind of making sure that everything goes great there, which is not to say that necessarily there won't be, but that's where most of my attention goes at this point. And I think probably most of the cast, the closer we get, you know, the more we kind of start to turn our attention toward the convention. A lot of the promo stuff we do very, very early i think i filmed i want your face like literally two weeks after the last rko con uh, <laughs> i started doing the first filming for that so i've poured most of the effort i'm going to pour into promo videos but i mean i never want to say never you never know yeah you got eight months that's plenty of time to edit another thing yeah this one work. this one only took four or five months what's another four or five months jesus you guys are crazy and we would be totally remiss if we didn't ask this, but is there any hot tea that you can share with us about the con? Is there anything particular that we should be getting really excited about? You should be getting excited about the whole thing. I know everyone's really jazzed to kind of get together, you know, for the first time in a few years due to the pandemic. Uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily supposed to be this way, but the last big con was an RKO con. So it's been a few years since we've all kind of gotten together, and I think we're all very much looking forward to the social aspect, and we're kind of finding new ways to incorporate that into the programming and kind of bring the community to the forefront. I'm also very excited, as I'm sure all of you are, to get back into the stadium theater, which is something that we really wanted to showcase in this video. And you can see just what a gorgeous theater it is in the video. I mean, it, it is a unbelievable venue and i know we're, we're really excited to get back in there for the big show it's been a few years you know and to be back there on saturday night for a con casted show it's been a long time since since we've done that and it's certainly not something i'll take for granted again yeah I, i'm super excited i love that theater it was so fun to be there a couple years ago for the last rko i'm so happy to be going back but finally zephyr we gotta know related to that and on behalf of the community at large where exactly is this theater we're going to? Um, it, it, Pud, Rhode Island? Yeah, dude. How does one book transportation to Pud? Yeah, I thought it was funny that people latched onto that. It's kind of a Rhode Island thing. It's a very widely thing known in Rhode Island. So uh, Pud actually stands for Planned Urban Development. So about, I think, three, four years ago, there were some zoning laws that changed in downtown Providence. So areas of the city that used to be available just for commercial use ended up becoming available for residential use too. So for the past like year and a half, part of downtown Providence has just been undergoing construction. So there's been constant development, um, new residential buildings that are being put in. So that whole area is kind of noteworthy. Uh, it's been a kind of a nightmare to drive through it because of the construction that's going on. So uh, when locals talk about it, we call it the PUD zone, which happens to also be where the Hilton Hotel is. And that's right where the con's going to be. It's located downtown right in the middle of the PUD zone. So the convention is actually held in the PUD zone of Rhode Island. 
to get here, I would recommend that you fly into TF Green or take a bus or train to Kennedy Plaza and then walk. It's not that far, and traffic in the PUD zone is terrible. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so it's it's more of like a local thing. Yeah, it's a local thing. Got it. Okay, yeah, because we, we've been looking for, at this point, you know, the past six days, and every single time I Google PUD Rhode Island, nothing comes up, and I was beginning to worry that I got my reservation at the hotel for, like, the wrong place. Right. No, you didn't. That's exactly where you want to be. You want to be in the downtown PUD zone. There's actually a great restaurant that's right downstairs in the lobby that uh, serves baked potatoes, and it's called PUD Spud. That's a great place to go as well while you're at the con. Oh, that's really interesting. I completely missed that. I just went to the mall every single time for like right. food because there's like a Taco Bell there. But I, that's because you're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. I walked straight by PUD Spud, and I cannot believe that I've done that. It's the only Panda Express I go to is the one in that stupid mall. Yeah, that's that's that that's a good mall. I like that mall. I don't know if there's such a thing as a good mall, but if there is such a thing as a good mall, Providence Place Mall is it. Zephyr, we want to thank you so much both for joining us on the show today and for bestowing such a goddamn banger on our community. All seriousness, great fucking work. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you guys like it, and um, I hope it gets people excited to go to the con and also really excited for the social aspect. You know, that's kind of what I was looking to kind of bring the focus to the people of Rocky Horror instead of necessarily the content, and I hope that everyone's really excited to come join us. Let's be real. You know that the only thing that you're excited for is to walk around the con with me into random rooms and going, oh, what's the difference between X and Y? And... There is none. We're both going to destroy asshole to every single person there until they hate us. I am very much looking forward to that. Just spit roasting people with Christopher Watkins. But I can't lie. I am also looking forward to having my favorite restaurant, Pud Spud. <laughs> this episode of Rocky Talkie, sponsored by Pud Spud. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Get ready for the big Pud Spud Rocky Horror Convention. Stay tuned for more exclusive info about upcoming con events, the fun shit you should be looking forward to while you're there. Make sure you go to PudSpud and how you can participate. And don't forget to tune into us, the Rocky Talkie Podcast, for all the latest in global and community Rocky Horror news. We're over at RockyTalkiePodcast.com. And we'll see you all at RKOCon 4. Bye! Bye! Hey, Zephyr! Hey, guys. Hey. Oh, hey. Yeah. Oh, 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 you're here. Well, didn't even didn't even notice you there, buddy. Who, who, who's talking? Who? I don't know. But first off, <laughs> we'd like to thank you for joining us. <laughs> so cool. So cool. <clears throat> yeah, we can it, just cut that in in the middle, right? Yeah. Is oh. it, though... <laughs> yeah, it's really not cool. It's kind of sad when you get down to it. It's not any sadder than anything else we've done. Hold yeah, on. It's, it, it's it, especially at a certain point, right? You have to consider that I have these resources and I'm using them on this. <laughs> you could be yeah. changing the world. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be the hotter version of Adam Sandler and make silly movies with my friends. For real, the though, hotter man. version of Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> hotter version of Adam. That's a new one.
I've never been called that before. And I've well, been called a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to fucking come.